Hi guys, welcome to episode 11 of the Irish Balance podcast. I hope all of you who have tuned into series one so far have really enjoyed it. I can't believe we're at episode 11. That's absolutely crazy. As I said in the last episode, which I really hope you guys liked, I haven't got a definite number of episodes for this first series in mind, but I do have a couple more topics in my head. So I'll keep you guys posted on my social media in terms of how many more episodes in series one you can expect. But I do really hope you're enjoying tuning in each week so far. If you don't know who I am, my name is Kira. I'm an Irish girl and qualified medical doctor. And I run the blog www.theirishbalance.com and you'll find me at The Irish Balance on all my social media handles, Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. I am a doctor, as I said, and I'm particularly passionate about preventative medicine and lifestyle aspects of our health. So how we live our lives and how that affects our health through the food we eat, our exercise, how we manage our stress, our sleep and our social well-being. And I use my blog, my doctor hat and my social media to show you how we can empower ourselves to live happy, healthy lifestyles that are full of balance and free of any major silly restrictions. So I really hope you're enjoying the podcast. As I say, I'm particularly excited to bring you guys this week's episode. So if you tune into my blog each week, I share a Friday focus article, um, usually on different topics health related topics usually or sometimes it's a personal reflection on things that I've been going through on my own health journey to balance and last week we talked about shift work which is something that I've become very very fascinated by particularly as I'm doing my thesis for my master's on shift work. I'm currently doing a one-year full-time master's in public health and nutrition in Dublin and my thesis is going to be all about shift work and how it affects our health. So as many of you will know from your experiences at college, theses involve literature reviews. So over the post-Christmas break, I took a bit of a dive into the shift work literature and I've just surfaced to try and do some writing from all of my research. I really, really wanted to share some of my learning with you guys and continue to share as I learn over the next six months while I write my thesis, because I think as someone who's had a lot of experience working in shift work over the past three years, it is a style of working and a schedule of working that can be really, really tough and can wreak absolute havoc on all of your best intentions to eat well, to exercise, and in particular, how to sleep and manage your stress and also your social well-being. So it takes all of those pillars and often in the wrong way. I know when I started night shifts as an intern, when I was uh, first starting out as a doctor, it was one of the hardest things about the job and I always struggled with nights no matter how many I did mostly because I found my tummy was kind of all over the place during the night time didn't know whether to eat not eat didn't know whether I should be napping or not napping if I got a chance didn't know whether I could have coffee or not I usually avoided it and during the day because I'm such an early bird I always always struggled to sleep no matter what I tried but some things did work better than others now I am much happier sharing a podcast based on the research I've done so far as opposed to my own anecdote, but I have interspersed a little bit of the things that I have found helpful over my brief array into shift work in this podcast too. So last week's Friday focus on the blog was all about shift work and I decided to put the post into a podcast episode too because I think the topic is really important and I understand that some of you prefer written content and reading versus audio content. I personally love both. So I think it is a topic that's worth doing 
both a blog post and a podcast episode on. So let's get into it. Okay. So when I started working as a junior doctor, like I say, we had about two weeks of induction before we were kind of let loose on the ward, so to speak. So we learned all of the things that we would need to know in two weeks. Never mind the five years of medical training we'd done. But one thing that didn't crop up over those two weeks of induction was how to handle shift work. We got an intern handbook, but I don't really think there was a chapter on shift work and guidelines for it. Now, this podcast isn't to criticize any element of that. I think that the evidence for the effects of shift work on shift work on health are pretty new. So I do hope and plan to help work towards a change in that and not just across healthcare sectors because obviously shift work applies to many, many different occupations. Now, as a doctor, I knew I'd entered into a career where I was going to have on-call duties. It's the nature of 24-hour emergency medical care and it is part and parcel of a vocation as a doctor. But I am really, really amazed that we didn't get any education at the time into how to look after our physical and mental health during these on-call shifts. And particularly when we were doing three, four, five, up to seven night shifts straight. And as I said, I don't think that this area is neglected just from the healthcare side of things. I think it's true whether you're a nurse working in retail, the hospitality sector, manufacturing, airlines, name your shift work sector. And genuinely, I would be surprised if there is widespread formal education within it or guidelines given to workers on how to look after themselves when doing these regular hours. And if you're listening to this and you have gotten that sort of education, I'd love to hear it because I think it's great to see what other companies are doing. I just haven't come across it myself or heard from others who have told me via social media that they work shifts from their own experience. Always, always an open mind, as you guys know. And what we're talking about when we say education in terms of how to look after ourselves, it's not crazy stuff. It's the basics, how we eat, how we move, how we sleep, how we manage our stress and how we socialize. So with the increasingly modern society we live in, which is kind of known as a 24-7 society now, shift work has become increasingly part of it. The demand and supply of goods and services is expected around the clock. So what exactly is shift work? Well, it's been defined by the Council of the European Union as any method of organising work in shifts whereby workers success each other at the same workstations according to a certain pattern. Now, previously, it was only very small numbers of the workforce that was in shift work and only certain sectors like 24-7 emergency care. But with the changes in society, this now has expanded and includes a wide range of occupations. In 2010, it was estimated that about 17% of the workforce in the EU was employed in shift work, but the most recent survey in 2015 showed this figure had increased to 21%. So why is this a big deal for our health? Well, before we get into this, I want to say that it is pretty well known in the shift work literature that it is quite difficult in assessing shift work as an exposure that might cause harm because there are so many different patterns in shifts, types of shifts, whether it's day, night, rotating, forward, backwards. So it's very hard to define an exact shift work that's going to be the same for every single person. It's also difficult to quantify the risk to our health that that might cause as a result. In 2007, the WHO International Agency for Research on Cancer did classify shift work that involves circadian disruption, which I'll explain shortly, as probably carcinogenic to humans. So put it into the group 2A carcinogen category. And that was on the basis of limited evidence in humans for the carcinogenicity of shift work that involved night work and sufficient evidence in experimental animals for the carcinogenicity of light during the daily dark period, i.e. 
our normal nighttime. I didn't know that until I started researching this area. But as I've said, those classifications aren't without limitations, which were noted by the agency in their report. That classification is based on their review of studies done to date, and that was in 2007. Now, really, over the past three decades, there's been an accumulating body of evidence, in particular examining how shift work affects our physical, mental and emotional health in the short and long term. It's a fascinating science, um, but it is far from perfect for the reasons I've just explained. So in this podcast episode, as I did in my article, I'm going to mostly focus on actionable tips that you can take to help you manage a shift working life. But I will briefly start off by just just letting you know how shift work can disrupt what's called our circadian rhythm, because that's kind of the key thing to understand from the outset. So what is a circadian rhythm? Well, that's a good question. I had to answer that for myself too when I started reading this area. So you might have heard of our body clock that we all have, and that's a good start. So if you, as human beings, because we live on planet Earth that rotates on its axis every 24 hours, we live our lives according to the light-dart cycle that follows that. So we follow a day and night pattern where we rest and repair at night and we're kind of more active, working, feeding, exercising during the light-filled day. Circadian rhythms are basically internal physical, mental and behavioural changes that follow a roughly 24-hour cycle. Circadian itself as a word is derived from Latin where circa means about and dies means the day, so about the day. Now there's a lot of ongoing and emerging research about circadian rhythms, our body clock, melatonin, our sleep hormone. It's really really interesting but it is very much ongoing and very new. We know that circadian rhythms affect the regulation of many different biological processes in our body such as hormone production, our cognition and cell function, temperature, appetite, sleep-wake cycles, and our metabolism. These rhythms are regulated by what's called our master biological clock, and that's located in a region of the brain known as the SCN, or the suprachiasmatic nucleus. Now bear with me, I know we're getting sciencey. The SCN is in the part of our brain known as the hypothalamus, which has a role in functions such as temperature and appetite regulation, among others. These circadian rhythms get aligned with the environments that we live in by specific cues. And the most important one of those is light, which is perceived by the retina in our eyes. And that's the main thing that synchronizes our SEN, or suprachiasmatic nucleus, which regulates all these rhythms to the solar day, i.e. the light-dark cycle. We also now know that as well as the central clock, we've got a lot of peripheral clocks in lots of different tissues and organs like the liver, our gut, fat tissue. And we also know that melatonin, our sleep-inducing hormone, is really important and has actually been described as the hand of the circadian clock. So how does this relate to shift work? Well, we know that engaging in shift work and disrupting this sleep-wake or light-dark cycle by virtue of the hours worked can result in what's known as circadian misalignment, where we have a mismatch between how we live our lives or our behavioural cycles and our internal circadian rhythms, which follow their own 24-hour cycle. Okay, that's a lot of science, I know. So anecdotally, I can tell you, as can anyone who's done shifts, especially night shifts, it can mess you up physically, mentally, emotionally. Now, anecdotes aside, we do need to be aware that shift work, based on the studies to date, has been associated with increased risks for several what are called non-communicable chronic diseases. So that's things like obesity, high blood pressure, raised cholesterol, certain cancers, 
including breast, prostate and colorectal for the most part. Type 2 diabetes, coronary heart disease, as well as mental health symptoms and disorders, including depression and anxiety. And as you might expect, it's also been associated with a wide range of sleep disturbance related symptoms. And we even have a diagnosis known as shift work sleep disorder too. Now, outside of formal medical diagnoses, it almost goes without saying that shift work can lead to big disruptions to our social lives. It can be really, really hard to see our families, friends and significant others because we often live our lives in total opposition to their schedule. Now, why shift work can cause adverse health effects is thought to be down to a few different factors. Things like the circadian misalignment, sleep deprivation, altered lifestyle behaviours and shift workers. That's just to name a few, which is why this why is the main hot question in the shift work research right now. So quick recap. Shift work is an increasingly prevalent part of our 24-7 society and can lead to really big disruptions to our physical, mental and emotional health and well-being. Now, this podcast isn't to scaremonger, it isn't to shock anyone. I want to raise awareness through it and most importantly to share tips in the latter half of this podcast, which we're about to get into, for those of you that work irregular hours around the clock, to empower you to find a better balance in life outside of your day and night job. So, Let's flip the switch, as it were, into solution mode and look at some really simple ways to keep yourself in tip-top shape even when you're messing up your body clock. So the first point we'll make is about food and it's called timing your food to fuel and nourish. Now, shift work can wreak a little bit of havoc on your poor tummy, which makes sense when you think about the fact that the hours you're working might be going against a lot of those biological processes that we talked about that follow that circadian rhythm and that includes digestion and it explains why many people say their appetite on night shifts in particular can be really really off track. Now it's not as simple as saying eat this or eat that during shift work because we're all really different and more importantly we aren't machines that can run on empty. So on a very basic level the same guidance in terms of dietary quality exists both on and off shift work. So things I always talk about, like meeting your five a day, getting lots of fiber in from fruits and vegetables, whole grains, plant sources, choosing lean cuts of meat. If you're a meat eater, the fish recommendations and dairy recommendations that we have. Remember what we eat is just as important as when. The difference is, is that traditionally we've always focused on what we eat and less on when. Now, as hard as it can be, especially on shift work when it tends to be less easy to get access to good nutritious foods. For example, the vending machine being the only option at three in the morning. Do try to avoid resorting to kind of nutrient poor food choices. So you know what I mean. The box of roses was there on the ward. I've been there, guys. Crisp, sweet treats, chocolate, etc. And it might seem like the thing to keep you going. And a little bit of what you fancy isn't a crime either. But it is the most likely thing that's going to give you a really quick sugar rush and a really quick crash later and leave you looking for more and a reliance on it overnight. It's not the best feel. So what the literature to date seems to suggest is to eat your main meal of the day before your shift and then aim to have a small meal before you go to bed. Let's say that's if you're doing a night shift and avoiding big meals one to two hours before bed to avoid disrupting sleep, which is similar to what you might do during the daytime. So essentially, you're bookmarking your shift with a meal each end, fueling you up before and refueling you after. It has also been recommended by some studies to avoid big, big meals during the night shift hours of midnight to 6am. And that's to limit some of the metabolic consequences of eating late at night when it goes against some of the digestive processes that are going on. 
So instead, if you find you do get really hungry during the night shift, try packing some whole food snacks in to keep you going that are nutrient dense. So things like hummus and veggie sticks, homemade um, energy bars or trail mix, or maybe some yogurts with raw nuts, dried fruit. A key point as well to mention here is hydration, water, water, water. The same thing applies when you're on the shift as when you're off, aiming for two litres of water minimum per day. Hydration is really going to help keep you stay alert too. And try to stick to water during the night over caffeinated drinks. Remember, caffeine first of all makes you pee because it has diuretic properties. And if you time it wrong, it's likely to affect your attempt to sleep when you get home. So I used to really, really love herbal tea on night shifts. Caffeine-free herbal tea and the polka teas are my favourite. Finally, on a practical sense, when you get your break to have a bite to eat, try and do that away from your workstation, ideally with a colleague or two if you can, just to get a little bit of headspace to enjoy your bite to eat and maybe have a bit of a laugh or event about the stress of the shift. Now, exercise. Motivation to exercise can be lacking big time when you're working shifts, especially on nights. I know this. Last year, I swapped my usual gym session after night shifts, I know, it was crazy, to simple walks in the daylight, very short ones, and some yoga at home. Because often shift work can be some of the more stressful shifts that you'll do, particularly on night shifts, I found as a doctor. And really, if you've been running on cortisol all night, you probably don't need to go do a really intense workout and add fuel to the fire. Now, the kind of shift you're working is going to play a big role in what you feel able to do. For example, when I worked in the emergency department, I might be doing a day shift or a 12 to midnight or a 12 to 8 or a 4 to midnight. So really, it depended when I was able to work out. If it was a day shift, I didn't mind doing it in the morning time. But if it was a night shift, I stuck to gentler things when I finished the night. And actually doing a short sequence of yoga for 10 to 30 minutes or a short walk after a night shift was really beneficial to help me switch off after a busy night on the go. At the end of the day, it's important to find what works for you. Remember, you're not going to be on night shifts forever, so give yourself a break and be your own experiment and see when your energy levels are best to try and get some movement in. You will feel better for it. And remember, 10 minutes is better than zero and it might help sleep as well. Now, let's get on to sleep. So that was definitely the hardest part of shift work for me. I'm such an early bird, so it never felt natural to try and catch some shut eye when the rest of the world was awake and I never was able to sleep in when I had a late day shift. But there are some simple tips that I built up for myself over the years and I did put some sleep tips into a podcast recently too if you want to check that out. What I've also found in the literature is what I'll discuss now. So first, avoid seeking out medication to sleep. Sedative medication to help sleep workers shift really has no evidence to back it up and actually can have a lot more harm associated with its use than good because they can be very, very addictive and really it's better to just do yourself a favour and keep well clear. There is some studies looking at the use of melatonin to help with sleep and then looking at stimulant drugs um, to try and keep people alert at night time. But really the jury seems to be out so far and melatonin and stimulant drugs have been noted to have some significant side effects including skin reactions. So it's better to stick with more practical advice and avoid medicating if you can. The one caveat to that is manipulating the use of caffeine if you do like coffee or tea to your benefit. So there was a big review a couple of years ago looking at caffeine to improve performance in shift workers and found there was evidence to say it might help improve performance. But if you're going to do it and caffeinate, make sure you do it at the start of your shift and ideally not at least three hours before you're going home to sleep because it can disrupt your sleep by keeping you too alert. And as I said, hydrate, hydrate, hydrate on water as well. 
Now, in terms of your sleep pattern and environment, I found a really good review from the British Medical Journal when researching for this article and had some really great tips in it, especially for night shifts. So the authors in that study talked about on the day of the first night shift to sleep in until you wake up i.e. with no alarm, and try to minimise what's called your sleep debt by having a nap that afternoon. 90 minutes is what they advised, but really you're going to find what works for you. Then during your shifts, make sure your bedroom is quiet and cool. I used an eye mask and got blackout blinds and found both really, really helpful. Then when you finish the set of night shifts, the authors of this study recommended getting home for um, a nap for anywhere from 90 minutes up to two, three hours. So that's about two sleep cycles, but then to make yourself get up. So get out, get some daylight in, maybe a gentle walk and try to go to bed that night at your usual time to try and reset your body clock as soon as you can. Now, on to the social life. So as we've said, shift work is one of the most disrupting types of work schedule in terms of your work-life balance and impacting on your ability to keep up with your social networks. It's particularly true for night shift workers and I know that from experience. Now, wherever possible, depending on who you live with, it is still really important to make even just a little time to try and have a chat, to catch up and maybe just let off some steam after a busy shift. When I do nights, I used to try to wake up to have dinner with my family to hear about their day and take my mind off work as well and have a main meal before heading in to start the next one. It always feels really weird when people around you are going to bed, when you're going to work, but it does take you out of your own head a little bit. Because remember, shift work can feel really, really isolating, particularly when it feels like you're the only one going to work when everyone else is coming home or going out partying. So making time to see friends and family, even just for a meal together, can make all the difference to your mental health. Now, on to the last point, being the boss of your stress. So as you guys will know, I've written and spoken about stress quite a bit on my blog and podcast by now. So I do recommend checking out both of those, uh, the article and the podcast, because it is full of some hopefully very helpful tips for you guys and they apply to shifts and non-shift workers. So my stress busting toolkit therefore is the same no matter what kind of shift I'm on but nights in particular can be some of the most stressful shifts and even some of the most quietest too but often it means more stress than not. So my top tips that I use in my anti-stress kit particularly for shift work and nights include breathing exercises. My favorites are box breathing and 478 breathing exercise, yoga, and walking, as I've said. I use the Calm app every night um, before going to sleep. And then when I was doing night shifts, I used to listen to it for 10 minutes um, for meditation before going to sleep after a night shift. And as I've just mentioned in the social post, talking it out is really, really important. Don't underestimate how tough nights can be on your mental health. As I've said, they can be pretty crazy busy, pretty intense, pretty isolating and it's important that you protect yourself during that time. Physically yes by eating well and getting some exercise in but mentally too. Remember as the WHO says health encompasses physical, mental and social well-being and not merely the absence of disease or infirmary and that applies whether you're not a shift worker or you are a shift worker. Whew! I know that was a bit of a long podcast, but I hope if you stuck with it for me, you uh, took some benefit from it, you found it useful. Feel free to listen back if you want to check out some of those tips again. And they are in a little bit more detail in the article on my blog that I shared last week. So you can save that, have a look and do let me know if you found it helpful and if you incorporate some of these tips 
into your next shift working schedule. I'd love to hear from you. As always, drop me an email, a comment, a DM on Instagram, tweet me. You know where to find me at this stage, guys. At the Irish Balance on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. And just drop a comment on the blog post either if you want to let me know what you thought. So looking forward to hearing from you and I will see you guys on the next episode. Bye.